Hi friends, it's 2021. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe. And every week we're here talking to you about business, balance, and just a whole bunch of stuff, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Surviving a pandemic. Surviving a pandemic, all kinds of strange things. Um, It is like, I think, if I have to go to SoundCloud and verify, but we are in year six completely of this podcast and i guess we should have a pop champagne noise if i had a soundboard to celebrate or like i don't i don't uh if i had one if i was invested in making this experience elevated for you guys i would add the sound <laughs> no in my heart i'm doing it I, I feel it but you have to understand that it's true it's like the what 13th day of the year and we've yes. already been under siege like the same day we recorded last week. So. Right? Yeah. That's, it's so funny because I actually, when I put out like the episode on social, that's what I was just like, hey, y'all. So we recorded this right before that. So sorry that we didn't mention it because it is definitely worth, you know, a note. Um, but we just, we recorded literally hours before that all happened. I didn't even know it had happened until the p.m i mean late p.m and my friend had texted me and i was like what is she talking about so the way that i found out is after because i woke up like had a stretch had some food and then we recorded and then after that um i took a shower and kind of got ready like midday which I've, i've been doing because it's so cold in the morning um so i like took a shower i come out of the shower and I have so many texts and missed calls and everyone's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. Am I? Cause I'm just like, <laughs> I just got here. Like, you know, it's like, I'm still understanding my exact relationship with like how close I am to the white house and national mall and all that. And I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. Like it's a, I didn't know that it was, you know, an isolated incident. Like, I don't know what's going on because I just, there's so many messages and it's, you know, I've just gotten out of the shower. So I'm just like, oh my goodness, what is going on? And so before I even like answer anything or whatever, I just Google like DC and then I start seeing what's going on. I was like, okay, this it's happening like at the Capitol building. Like we are at least far enough removed and it seems like it's only there. But of course, you know, while it's, when it's happening in real time, you're like, you don't know if it's going to spread or like if what, what they have planned and everything else. So it was definitely scary. And strangely enough, it was the third time that I've been within a 20 minute distance of a terrorist attack. Um, we, we've got to do better, you guys. It's yeah. not funny. We're just so, tired. Like, the first time was obviously Pulse. I lived about 17, 18 minutes down the road from Pulse. Now, when that happened, obviously I was sleeping. And then um, my brother called me extremely early that day. He had just recently moved to New York City. And he knew that I would know people that could possibly have been there that night. So he had, I don't know how he woke up earlier, if he just got an alert or whatever, he probably doesn't sleep. And um, found out about it, literally like calls me. I knew something was wrong because he called me so early. So I like went into my office, shut the door so I wouldn't wake up John. I was like, hey, what's wrong? And he was like, sit down. He's like, everything's okay. He's like, but, and then tells me what happened. And then he's like, okay, I already checked on this friend, this friend, this friend. And I'm like, I'm like spinning, you know? And so he's like, you need to check on Maria, Mikey. And then he names a few other friends. And so I'm like texting them, shakily checking on them. But thankfully, like he kind of got me through that morning because that was like the worst because that happened like in our hometown. And the second time was when I was um, like traveling through the UK and I was in London 
And there was that attack that happened with like the motorcyclists and the stabbing and all that. And it was kind of the same thing as this last one where I, I had had my phone off because I was actually seeing that Harry Potter play and I saw it in two parts. So I had seen the first part and then we were going to break for dinner and I turned my phone back on as did most people in the theater. And I've never heard anything like it. it was just like everyone's phone was like exploding with like noise and I'm like, what is going on? Get, same thing. I had tons of texts. They're like, are you okay? Are you okay? What's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, again, I'm like, I don't know if I'm okay. Like, I don't know where I am. Like, I this is my first time in London. So I kind of like Googled where it was happening. And I was like, that's extremely close to us. But I lied and told my, like my mom and my family that it was like really far away. I was like, yeah, super far away. But it was really close. But where we were, it didn't, you know, it's like one of those things. It's just like, it seemed totally safe and normal where we were. Um, so, you know, we just went about our dinner and, but it's just wild. Like, I was just like, can this not, I mean, it makes you definitely thankful. Like, obviously I'm thankful that I wasn't there, you know, like we could have easily have decided to go, um, into the national, I've been wanting to go to the national mall and just kind of like walk around because it's a good, uh, thing to do that's completely outside and completely like spaced out. Right. So it's been something I've been wanting to do. It's been on my list, but now I'm obviously like, I'm not going until probably like late February because I'm just not trying to deal with all that. Um, so yeah, United States needs to get it together. Like I feel like other people, other countries are not having like terrorist attacks like every day. Like, and cause that's essentially like we have like, you know, like going to school, like that's, that's what a lot of the kids said. They were like, uh, now everybody who's at the US Capitol knows what it's like to go to school in high school because you have to like, you have, these shooter drills and you have like threats all the time. I mean, I know local areas that like local high schools in Orlando have had, um, you know, threats so many times, you know what I mean? And you just never know like when it's going to be that time where there's literally open fire. So it's just, I don't know. It's just all a big mess. And I will say that we were in that area yesterday uh, for my birthday because I wanted to pick up hipsy veg and there was so much like there was just like basically like SWAT teams everywhere so I'm just like where were all these people on the day of like I'm very confused there was cops everywhere like every block there was like a ton of cops so yeah very interesting I physically, mentally, spiritually cannot even. I'm glad that you're safe. I just did not know what was happening. And I still feel like there, it it was such a wild ride mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's so unbelievable. So if you've had a, a rough week, work week, as I'm sure you, you have because we're, we're people, um, I feel like this is fine because I don't think anyone turned on their computers last week, last Wednesday, and was thinking of by the end of the day seeing like literal fire on the U.S. Capitol and like our representatives being locked down and afraid, you know what I mean, afraid for their mm-hmm. lives. Like AOC said in her broadcast last night, which I think everyone should watch. And I'm not like again, I don't. I'm not a big politician, Stan. Let's be real. Like I, I politicians be shady. Um, but I think there is truth in some of the things that every politician says, every person. And I think she was very honest. And I think what she said really encompassed like why this is such a big deal. Cause I feel like people are trying to sweep this under the rug as if it's not a big deal. Like, Oh, it's just a casual Tuesday. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, we talked about Hillary Clinton's emails for six years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we talked about I them know. for so long and she's not even president. She's not running. It's still the top of the conversation. She still trends on Twitter when, you know, when this person speaks about her. So 
I think it's very important to A, reflect on it as you are, um, and B, I think that's kind of not to get off because we're going to, we have a topic, but my, my main point of, because we had an episode where we talked about what to do with your stimulus check before. Yeah. Um, the other ones have been released if you've gotten one, et cetera, et cetera. There's an extra $600. My recommendation, in case you're wondering, you're a new listener, you don't know what to do, you're like, I have this extra $600, what do I do? Or plus plus if you have kids or a spouse. My recommendation is like, save what you can and then go to therapy if you're not. <laughs> Yes. I, I truly have no other recommendation right now into investing in a business. I don't want to say hire this person. I'm not saying any of that. If you have the the means and you're good and you're caught up on debt and you know you're not behind and financially you're good and you're not in therapy, get one session or five. Yeah. Like seriously, because this is so. Much. Even if it, you feel like nothing is wrong with you personally, just living in this world right now it has an effect on you that you don't understand. So that would be my recommendation for second second stimulus checks if you have the money and you're not sure what to do with it put some into savings of course be smart about that but go to therapy because i think this is just too much <laughs> like it's too much it's really a lot and like it's funny because people like expected me to like work and i was already gonna not work because my birthday was yesterday so i was already like in that mood of like this is my time like i deserve some me time but then, yeah, coupling that with, like, the end of last week, because I was, like, I was going to take more time off this week and less time off last week. That was, like, my original plan. But when that happened, I was, like, oh, okay, I guess I'm, like, done for this week then. <laughs> I was, like, I'm going to check back in, like, after my birthday. And it's, like, strangely enough, like, now I'm ready to, like, okay, like, I'm going to work the rest of this week. But, yeah, I did not. Like, after that, I was just pretty much, like, I did the bare minimum. Um, I was just, like, I just can't. Like, I'm just, you know, it's just a lot. Um, and if you, if you can take breaks, you need to take breaks, take those breaks. Like I definitely was like, I need to take breaks. Like I'm in a new place. Like this is happening literally 20 minutes away from me. Um, and I, it, it seemed fake, you know what I mean? Like it's like, you're watching and you're like, this seems like unbelievable. And then to know it's like happening so close. And then people are asking me questions and I'm like, I don't know. I just got here. Like I literally am not like moved into my home completely yet. So I don't have all my furniture here. I don't have, you know, all the things here. And so it's just very like unsettling. And so obviously this year starting out on a very unsettling note, um, you know, and I'm just trying to be like, I'm grateful. Like I am in a better position than a lot of other people. So I'm trying to be like grateful and thankful where I can and positive where I can. But at the same time, I think in order to do that, it requires taking breaks when you need them. <laughs> like that is something I definitely learned in 2020 is like, nope, time for a break. Like you know, and if your boss doesn't understand that, like, again, like it's 2020, like, please remind them, like, we are in a pandemic. Like, I'm not saying don't work every day and just being like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. But something like that, it's like, you know, when our country is literally under attack from our own people, like, you might need to take five, you know, and, and your boss should be understanding about that. So, <sighs> all right. So getting into a topic that we uh, get questions about a lot and I know a lot of people are interested in is side hustles, um, which is something that we have both um, done side hustles before. We've had multiple side hustles. We know people that have done side hustles. And I think that they can just be such a great tool um, for earning some extra money, for getting to explore a new passion, you know, depending on what your situation is. So getting started, uh, when should you start a side business, right? Because at the end of the day, a side hustle is a business and should be treated as such. Um, so I think the first one is, do you A, have extra time or B, have extra money? Because you're going to need 
one or the other, or possibly both to start that side hustle. Um, if you don't have a lot of extra money, you're going to need to actually have some extra time. Do you have, you know, depending on how much you're going to need for your specific thing, but do you have an extra 10 hours a week? Do you have an extra 20 hours a week thinking of it as like a part-time job or on the flip side, maybe you don't have any extra time, but you have money to invest. Um, and so you're going to let your money work for you in this side business. And so maybe you have that, or maybe you have a combination of, of both, but you're going to need one or the other. Like if you don't have time and you don't have money, then it's not the right time to start a side business. Yeah. I mean, I don't also, the first thing I do want to say also to piggyback off this whole idea is that side businesses can be temporary. And so I think that's sometimes we think about side hustles as being like, now you have to move into it and becomes your new career or whatever. And like, absolutely not. This could be something you do for 30, 60, 90 days just to get some extra money. Like Mm -hmm. you said, um, to pad, your current situation if you're trying to save for an important goal maybe doing a vacation at the end of the year when hopefully things open up um i just don't think that you have to invest like you don't have this doesn't have to be your whole life for the future this could just be very temporary but yes extra time extra money um which a lot of times you know we do have extra time it just depends on how you want to rearrange your schedule so really take some time to if you're not accustomed to having to plan out your schedule and you're kind of like going through your day day to day like as you are write down all the things you do in the day and see what you can move around if you really are passionate about doing this thing you're going to try something new and where you can fit that extra time in. maybe it's like 20 minutes in the morning you know it doesn't even have to be like 20 minutes every day can lead up to a lot of time invested into a side hustle like it may not be hours of hours again we're not trying to if but it's your side thing, yeah. But it's your side thing, you know. So your lunch break, if you're working from home, maybe you got time downtime, just log. You're on your computer, log in and do something else, or you know. So there's definitely opportunity. I think now more than ever because a lot of us are working from home. Yeah, and like you said, it can be like a seasonal thing, or it can be just for like a few months of your life. It doesn't necessarily need to be like a forever thing. You might have a lot of businesses have a time where you kind of have a slower season. And so during that slower season, that might be where you're going to kind of focus more on this side business and have maybe that side business is fully in season and that's kind of how you work it. So there's definitely ways to go about it. Um, but yeah, you're going to either need time or money. Um, the other thing is, do you have a passion that you don't mind see, seeing monetized, right? So a lot of times we have hobbies, we have passions that we really enjoy and we don't want to monetize them because, you know, there's a chance that we're just not going to look at them the same ever again after we've kind of, you know, crossed that line and started to monetize them. So make sure that whatever it is that you're doing um, is something that you don't mind it turned into something that's being monetized. I know for me, there's certain things that I do that I will never, ever turn into a side business because either A, like I don't think I'm that great at them and nobody would be interested in purchasing, um, but I'm also like not striving to be better because I enjoy them for what they are, if that makes sense. Yeah, agreed. Um, and when we say monetize, it, of course, a monetary gain, what that also means is like, feedback from people and the things that you like and I think that has a lot to do with why we get burnt out sometimes by doing our passions because we do put our heart and our souls into them and then when we open it up for a larger broader commercialization honestly when you try to sell something um, even if it's your service or skill or your product it is now open to interpretation from other people who may not understand 
and that feedback's going to come to you whether you like it or not. Um, you're going to get uh, things out of your control that you can't control that are going to affect the way people view your work. Like people on Etsy, a lot of sellers this you know winter season, holiday season, got slammed with you know just uh, absolutely unsurmountable amounts of like disrespect because of the delays with the mail and yeah. so it had nothing to do with their craft had nothing to do with their art like they didn't do anything themselves but if you get 20 to 30 reviews a month or day depending on how big you are of people saying that they dislike something or giving you one star or being harsh because they didn't receive something at a certain amount of time it weighs on you. It can be a, a little bit of a downer because you will say, like, is my work not good? It's not. But, you, you know, that's just something you have to take into consideration that now you're opening yourself up to uh, criticism beyond what your expectation is if you're trying to take your art, your passion, and something that you're good at into now a more public forum. And also social media because that's a whole nother ball game. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, like, hobbies that I have. Again, not necessarily I do every day, but stuff that I do that I enjoy that is creative that I don't think I'd even want to show on social media because, um, yeah, I just, I don't, it's not for other people. It's like, like 100% for me. So, um, okay. So how do you know that you have landed on a good side business? Um, so I think a big part of it is, is there a need for it? Is there a need for it on the internet? Is there a need for it in your local area? Does it solve a problem for people? Is it helping others? Like that's normally the same sort of um, process that you go into with a business as well. Is there a need for it in your community? Um, is there a need for it in like space for it in your market? Um, but yeah, whether you're going to be product-based or service-based looking specifically in your area or on the internet with people that you can connect with, is this going to be something that there's an actual need for it. Because if not, you're going to be spending a lot of time on marketing that may not even help. You know what I mean? So you want something that is like a clear need so you can spend minimal time on marketing because at the end of the day, it is a side business. Yeah. If you have a solution to a problem, if you're on social or you're in Facebook groups and you're seeing people continue to ask for things, like a lot of times people are asking right now for like social media templates or things like that um, for certain types of niche businesses. And if you're a designer, maybe in your day job and you're like, hey, I make social media assets all day. Maybe I can spend a couple of times creating these templates in Canva to sell to these people really quickly because it's a need. You've seen a need and you're solving a problem and there's nobody that's immediately met this need or is not in a price point that works for the industry because there are a lot of industries where they're not willing to pay as much for certain things as other industries are. And so you're willing to say, hey, if I get a large amount of people, I can make as much money as someone who's selling to a smaller niche or whatever it is. So just understand that your needs, the needs of the community or what's happening. Like seasonally, we're like right now, you're not probably not going to make a killing selling Christmas ornaments. All right. <laughs> like if that's your niche, whatever, you know, hold that off to October. Um, but if you are amazing at making maybe porcelain Easter eggs or whatever it is, like this is a time now where you can get out and start selling floral arrangements. Yeah. Really big season for you. If that's what you like to do in your side hustle, start selling, like putting the word out right now to me to your friends and family saying, hey, I got extra florals. I'm ready to deliver safely to your home. I don't have to see anybody to deliver florals, that type of thing. So there's definitely ways to incorporate your skills that you have had or for a long time. Organization right now, a lot of people have moved are looking to organize their new houses. So if you're a personal organizer, you can do that virtually where you have someone take pictures and you send them the things that they may need from the container store or Ikea or wherever and say, hey, this is how we can set up your pantry in your new home or your fridge or whatever, your kids' 
school if your kid was in school and now they're going virtual that's a, t- a teacher if you're a teacher you couldn't be selling consulting right now what a parent can do to set up the school in their home virtually so that they so that's a huge problem that people are facing such right a big now. need anything big to do with education has been it's a, a problem it's, so. it's really if you don't have kids or you you know you you're in your 30s for you haven't been in school like elementary school and forever you know what i mean like you're so outside of what the new system is that you really do need a consultant to come in and kind of run you through how to best set up for success if your school is not offering that. And a lot of public schools don't have that. That's not a consultation. Oh, 100% they don't. They don't. Yeah. Um, it's kind of similar. It's a thing that's wasn't like thoroughly offered, but there was several conversations and how-tos and walkthroughs for our school on how to set up for success for virtual learning. So we And we had... Um, you know, longer time because she had a, a whole semester last year that, that was starting in February until the end of the year. So before kindergarten, we had a, a test run to get to it. So yeah, there's just so many things that you can be doing right now. You think about any extra skills that you have that you're not using, how that can be beneficial for maybe a broader market. Yeah. So the last question to ask yourself is, have you done the projections to see how much money that you would make? Because the reality is, is that for some of us, like we look at a certain number and that's going to make us motivated to have a side hustle or not, right? So for some people, they like everyone's different. So some people might be like, oh, an extra $200 a month? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'll do the side hustle for X amount of hours and put into that so I can get that extra 200 Some people are going to say, well, I'll put in X, X amount of hours and I'm wanting to make $5,000 a month. Um, so it really just depends on you, your personal needs, where you're at how much money you want to make and and that sort of things. But make sure that you're doing the math to see what you're actually going to make and make those projections before you jump into it. And because, you know, again, just like anything else, there's going to be um, some sort of investment, uh, whether it's just like the initial time to set it up or if there's some uh, monetary investment. And so make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into uh, before you're into it and make sure that you're going to be making the side hustle money that you would want to make. Because there's definitely for me personally, some things that I just, I would be like, to me, that's not worth my mental <laughs> whatever, because I just, I can't, I can't deal unless it would be a certain amount. Right. Um, and again, that amount is such a personal amount depending on the person. Um, so make sure you run those numbers for yourself to see what's going to work best for you. Agreed. I mean, I, at the end of the day, there is, you know, they're very easy profit loss statement uh, templates for Google Sheets. If you Google those, um, they can help you kind of understand the materials that you need to get up front and how much money you need to make to break even and then how much money you need to make to, you know, turn a profit depending on what you're doing. And I mean, including your own personal things like your, you know, your utilities, if you're electricity is going to go up are you using more data on your phone if you're making phone calls are you driving around more doing deliveries how much is that gas mileage how much is that going to cost so that type of thing you definitely want to be sure that you're tracking all that stuff so that at the end of the day you know if this was successful or not um there's so many other things i think about also as terms of like small i'm like giving free business ideas because this is what i want to do with my time right now because i'm like yeah so that's what we're going to do next we're going to get into so what are some of the options to actually do for side businesses so those are kind of the questions that you ask yourself before you get started but if you want to get started you know it's something you do you've answered the right answers to all those questions what are some of the options for side businesses so let's get into those 
free advice. You didn't ask for this, but we got nothing but time because we don't want to do anything else. <laughs> I'm like, let's be real. <laughs> like, it's so bad, but I will give anybody. I'm like, right now, anybody who's asked me for like work or whatever, I've given them so much free advice. And I'm like, here, you can do this and this. And like, I'm just, I'm in a creative space, but not to create for myself. <laughs> I'm like, let's create for other people. That happens sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, so like right now, I will, something that I will say that's big because it's Mardi Gras season is King Cake. If you are a baker, yes. if you bake beignet, make beignet, any type of New Orleans cuisine right now, you could be doing amazing. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up right now. Extra dinners, catered dinners, catered desserts, anything floral, uh, custom balloon arch, which I like. Not a big balloon person, but people still like balloons. Uh, anything like that. If you can find something that's sustainable as well you will hit a bigger niche because people are looking for ways to be kinder to the planet as humans are not. Um, so we, I think we had talked about that business that had reused florable florals. Did we talk about, I, maybe I saw it on the internet, but there's like a, a thing where if you have your wedding floral, oh, it was in my group, my class, you have a wedding floral. And then if you're done with it, you can uh, recycle that floral. So that's a, such a big thing for Valentine's Day is maybe that maybe you're a business that can collect valentine's day floral if people don't want to keep it and you can recycle it maybe make smaller bouquets maybe for other people a different opinion you know there's a lot of unfortunately i'm not to say like it's a good thing but there are a lot of funeral homes who are in need of a lot of assistance and things like that with floral and it's really hard to deliver virtually so maybe that's something you can get into as well if you're feeling like valentine's day is too much of a bigger market people really need help with consulting with grief counseling right now with dealing with you know, virtual funerals and things on COVID loss. Um, those are my, like off the top of my head, like three things I can think of just from this week alone, because yeah. we're getting into some high holidays in terms of like things that typically people would do and spend and celebrate outside. And now we're kind of definitely, yeah. I think Valentine's Day is going to be a, a kind of a shut in holiday for, I think mm-hmm. everyone in the country. I don't think anything's going to be really open as people are currently opening right now because we will be in a different, you know, political climate, so to speak. So I would just mentally prepare to spend Valentine's Day, if you're a big Valentine's Day person, in your house. I I love spending Valentine's Day in my house, even when... Same. Oh, same. I don't think we've ever gone outside for Valentine's. Yeah, (laughs) it's way too busy, so I think it's, like, way more romantic to live at home. Um, okay, so another really good option, like I feel like one of the OG options for a side business is to resell items. Right um, now, it's so, crazy. Yeah, it's like, I mean, this really works for so many different markets. Um, but yeah, you can buy them either locally, like through Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, things like that. Craigslist often will do like, even like, hey, go pick up, like I'm I'm putting free items outside my house, go pick them up. And I think a lot of people are like, remodeling their homes and things like that because they're triggered yeah and so it's like when they're doing that it's like they're getting rid of a lot of things and just like putting them outside and literally like saying like whoever goes there first to pick it up can pick it up uh if you live in an area where there are kind of like wealthier people or if you have a wealthier area nearby you can kind of like watch those areas like I remember my grandparents like they lived in like a wealthier area in the Dr. Phillips area and one time I was driving through their neighborhood and like they like the type of people that live there would like probably never pick up something like from the the side of the road yeah like like no one who actually lives in the neighborhood would do that 
Um, but we were driving and uh, their next door neighbor literally had a pink vintage couch just like sitting out like by the garbage. And I, it was so nice that I literally went to their door and I was like, um, there's a couch down at your garbage. And like they knew who I was because everybody in that neighborhood knew each other. And they were like, yeah, we don't want it anymore. And I was like, oh my God. So like I had that in my office back when I was a wedding planner and wedding photographer and it was gorgeous. Um, but it's like people could go find stuff like that and resell it. Um, so eBay, things like that. It, it helps, I think, to have a specialty. So whether you're going to do like, I don't know, anything from you're going to focus on furniture to you're going to focus on like home goods, you're going to focus on, I don't know, baseball, purses, clothes, yeah, purses, clothes, uh, like, literally yeah. anything. High-end like, accessories, high-end clothes. Uh, you could well. do um, even like uh, like action figure type, you know, like nerd yeah, stuff. Yeah, toys like, and then Exactly. As long as you know, kind of like you want to know what those things would be worth, right? So you just want to make sure that you're studying and being aware of like what those are worth in your market. But that can be such a huge... Um, you know, industry. And I, I know that people that buy from sellers like that will have a person that they buy from and they'll just buy it all from that same person. And then they, it's really like a great word of mouth business. So reselling items, again, you, it's really easy to control your hours to control how much time you put into it or don't put into it. So that's a good one. And it doesn't require like a ton of startup fees. One that requires more startup would be real estate. But I know a lot of people that do real estate on the side and make a good amount of money. And the reason I specifically wanted to like bring this one up is because if you are in Florida right now, the real estate market is so hot in Florida right now. Like I can 100% tell you that it had we had stayed in Florida, I would have gone and gotten my real estate license because I mean, my, I know people who, again, are doing it as a side business and making a killing. And we had a real estate uh, person on the podcast, so go listen to that episode if getting into real estate is something that you think that you might want to do because she lays out all the steps a lot better than I could. But it's definitely something that, I mean, again, there is the investment of like having to like study, having to take the test and pay for the test. But once you've made that initial investment of time and money, which isn't a necessarily huge one, um, you can definitely do it on the side at your leisure. If you just want to show houses on the weekends, if you don't, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, if you want to be very niche and have a very specific type of client, you can do that. And even if you're selling a house here and there, like you can still make a lot of money depending on uh, what kind of homes you sell and that sort of thing. So real estate is a huge one. And in Florida, I mean, it's just like, it's wild. I mean, people are people who live in Florida are having trouble buying homes because people are buying homes sight unseen that don't live in Florida. Like they're just like, yep, I'll take it as soon as it like the day it pops on the market. So it's a really wild market right now. And it's definitely like a, a real estate agents like dream market. Yeah. What's interesting about the market here is that it is definitely a seller's market. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Florida sometimes somehow thinks it's a buyer market and by value, no, it definitely is not a good idea to buy a property right now at the, the height of what no, you're doing just, because you're we're definitely like mad. It's you're wild. moving down. It's downward trending. So I'm like, don't, don't buy a house. But if you're into the, the market of selling oh, houses right now, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's the place that we are right now is actually for sale right now. Um, so that's, it's definitely people um, internationally. We have big 
international hubs here of different groups of different people and so they definitely want to come live in Florida because the weather and the climate is very similar mm-hmm. and so they definitely like you said buy sight unseen cash because they have the money they've been saving up they have they just want to get out of where they are and I can yeah. relate to that as someone who just wants to get out of where I am so <laughs> like you know real estate the thing is with real estate I will say that test is difficult. There is a lot of study. There are a lot of schools that will prepare you for it. Um, so knowing that if you're going to get into real estate, just know it's a little bit of an investment in like, yeah, proper, I would recommend a- studying with a, a program or a school because you may have a higher chance of success versus self learning. I do know people who have taken the real estate exam, especially here in Florida by themselves, self-taught have had no problems. But again, the older we get, the less likely we are into like hardcore studying and things like that. So it wouldn't, heard to have some type of uh, person help you out or, or program. Um, and you mentioned before organizing homes. I had yes. that on my list too, because that is a big one. I actually have a friend that just um, started a company doing a business doing this in um, Denver. And it is really just like, she's keeping her main job. Like she works for Visa. She's not planning on giving that up. She's been with them for seven years. Um, but it's just something she's going to be doing on the side, especially because, so her mom lives in Steamboat Springs, which is like a very mm-hmm. like rich area in yeah, Colorado. For those of you who are not familiar with it, it basically looks like a snow globe. Um, and so she's going to go, you know, visit her mom on weekends and go work in like different friends of her mom who live in that area who are women who have a lot of extra money, a lot of just like money that they don't need and they can spend the money to say, yeah, I don't want to have to, you know, do my closet on my own. And I just prefer somebody else to completely renovate it. So you watch shows like the home edit and things like that. And I definitely feel like there's such an, uh, a want for that sort of thing. Um, and of course, sometimes it's like celebrities that get it done, but a lot of times it's just regular people. Like literally, I can't tell you how many people when the home in it aired were like, uh, how much money to get them to come to my house? Because Let I me definitely tell you. need that. Like so, so many people really need that. And I think if you are the type of person that can organize in that way, you like, I would never, I love to organize. Like John will tell you, like, I'm always like, I'm going to organize him. And he's like, Oh my God, can we just stop? Can we just stop organizing? Can we just leave it the way it is? Like, he's just like, doesn't want to do it. He doesn't get it. It's so hard for him. For me, I love it. And so I would never think of paying somebody else to do it because I love to do it. And I think it's so fun and it's so interesting, but other people are like, this is literally the worst thing that could happen to me. I do not want to do this. And so in, in that sense, it's like those people are going to be happy to pay someone else to just like have it done. Right. Um, and I think so many of us are at home more than ever. So we're really uh, just aware of our surroundings and our space. And we're feeling a lot better when the place is organized, right? So I think that as we kind of continue towards this trend of being home, we're going to want our homes to just be that much more organized. So, and now we know kind of a little bit more of how to go about a business like this being safe. So just make sure that you're continuing to do that. If you do something where you're going to have to go into people's homes, make sure that maybe they can leave for the day or they cannot be in that part of the home and that you're wearing a mask and that sort of thing. So, but yeah, that can definitely be a good side one that you could do on the weekends and that sort of thing. Cause in the home edit, they often get it done like in a day, like they'll have yeah. like six hours and they just yeah. bang it out. I mean, they have like a staff. I think if you're a one person yeah. machine, it does take but a little bit longer again, depending on how big always, the house is. You can always do, like we talked about last episode, you can always have contractors that you have work with you. Yeah. My recommendation mm-hmm. was going to be if you're in a new space, um, to if you're moving to a new place, like kind of like you're moving to DC, you want, like the layout's different, like or if you're moving to like a smaller metro area, 
to hire an organizer or if you are an organizer in those areas, look for people who are moving from out of state because they don't understand how the spaces work and how to utilize smaller spaces. Because we, you know, in Florida and it's Georgia, Texas, uh, a lot of times it's easy to, you know, rent a place that's 2,100 square feet, 1,800 square feet, or have a home that's 2,500 plus 5,000 square feet. And then you move to a small, like a city, a larger city, and the places are not, there's, that's not an option. I think, right, uh, the episode of, um, goodness, what is the, the other home decor show that's on Netflix right now, they are in like Utah and they did a home that someone was building was 22,000 square feet. And the living room space that they were designing was 1,500 square feet. And I'm like, that is most people's apartments you know what I mean like yeah. no room was, so if you're in a metro place and you are good at organizing please reach out to people who are moving into a space for jobs right now because mm-hmm. they don't understand how to use that space they're coming in with big furniture they're coming in with clunky furniture they're coming in with big you know systems organization systems that do not fit in tiny pantries and I'm glad closets. you point that out because a lot of people are like why are you getting rid of so much and I'm like because I'm because it doesn't fit space it's not the same and also climate wet wise like fabrics don't work the same there are certain things that you don't bring from where you are up north to florida because it gets humid and gross and it will be moldy like they're just things or people like don't understand why we keep our bread in the fridge or like you know things like that it's like because it will get moldy fast (laughs) like there are just things that mold here like so climate wise so i definitely think if you're in a space where you know people who are moving people were that- like your people kept telling me like your dining table is beautiful like I can't believe you're getting rid of it I'm like where do you think I'm moving like I told y'all I'm moving to like a, a northernish city like how am I gonna fit a six-person dining room table like I am not rich like what do you want from me <laughs> like that's not gonna work um so yeah you have to you have to be real about what your space size is you know Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so another one is courses, which I think like digital products go along with that as well, like photography, logos, etc. Like anything that is like a digital project, uh, product, sorry, it can be a good thing to have as a side business because it does take a lot of initial startup to get it started, but then it can be a little bit more hands off once it's started. And if you specialize in something, um, then turning that into a course isn't hard. Just make sure that it actually has value because that's something we've talked about on here before because some people will start courses that do not have value. Um, so not just a course that's like, I made $4 million and I'll tell you how. And it like doesn't actually like apply to anything or have anything to do with anything. Like have specific courses that have to do with like your specialty and you know, like walk people through what it is that you do and actually provide value. Um, But yeah, like I think that stock photography is like another big one, especially again, with people not leaving their houses, um, with so many more people wanting to diversify their feed, that sort of thing. Stock photography can be really beneficial for, um, you know, like logos, branding work, stuff like that. Anything that you can do that's like digital, that you can just kind of make that one time and then people can download it is going to be, a pretty good side business and something that again could even tie to your main business. So you might even be able to keep that branding all the same and have that be an extension off of your main business. Yeah. And much to like piggyback off of that um, reselling items kick. um, If you are looking to, if you are a photographer or you have equipment or something that you may need right now, it's a really good time to search those places to upgrade your equipment because people are getting rid of their old equipment, old computers, old laptops, old cameras. We just bought a bunch of lenses for a very cheap price because somebody was like, I don't, I never used it. I don't know what I'm doing here. 
like <laughs> we were like yeah this is highway robbery like sir these things are yeah because really people are clearing out their spaces. but people are clearing out their space yeah. that's because it's new year new me uh workout equipment a lot of people had workout equipment that they bought last year to stay at home this is a good time to, to get a good deal on some of that stuff if you're trying to do personal training on the go that type of thing so Definitely check out the Facebook marketplace, the, you know, Ebays, the Craigslist of those places if you need equipment for their side hustle, but you don't want to spend a ton of money to invest in that. So if you want to spend a ton of money, like, and I mean a ton, um, and you have the extra money, I think that having an app is such a great moneymaker. Again, this is something that you're literally going to be investing thousands of dollars. So like, if that's <laughs> not where you're at right now, um, like I'm not there. So, <laughs> but the, the reality is, is that if it is something that you can, uh, financially do, um, it is a great way to make money. People, you know, that's how people become often, you know, just really wealthy is, um, getting into app development and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, if you have a great idea for an app and you have the money, you don't necessarily need to have a ton of time because you're going to hire people to develop it for you. Um, this is a great thing to be able to do on the flip side. Obviously, if you are good at development, then, then that can be, if you like, let's say your focus is websites or something else like that, then you could also develop apps on, on the side as well. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely, if you like, let's say that you, I don't know, run a business, if you're a photographer and you run a business photographer and you have a great idea to kind of like make a photo editing app that has a specific spin on it, something that's like different that we haven't seen yet. And you hire a developer to make that app for you. And it's like that extension of your brand, like that can make you a lot of money and be a side business because you can still be working on your photography end of things while they're developing your app. Right. But again, that's going to cost you thousands of dollars. Like if somebody tells you like, Oh, I can build you a great app for like a thousand dollars. They're lying. So <laughs> that is a lie. Uh, it'll take thousands, thousands of dollars to, yeah. to have an app. So that's, that's one for, you know, again, the people that have the extra income that they're just looking for, um, just a way to invest money wise and not, not as much with time. Um, quickly, cause I, this is like a hot tip for people who have the money, don't have an idea or apps for buy an app buy someone's established app that is for sale it may cost you the same amount as it will cost to build a new app but guess what the app already exists in the marketplace you know how well if you can pivot it and market it and make it better because if you want to get into app game there's so so many apps that people are trying to sell apps right now and that's something that we have also been looking at spoiler alert no one's surprised um get into it buy an app that's already established and then you can also maybe pivot it towards your industry so if you're in fashion there are fashion apps that are for sale or you are like a personal stylist and you need a bigger like, you know, database or whatever, buy an app that has existed that maybe somebody doesn't want anymore and then rebrand it and remarket it to your situation. That is so true because that does happen a lot of times where somebody will like invest in it and then like it won't take off and they're just like, eh, I'm going to leave on to the next idea. Maybe you see something in it that they don't. Um, and so that can be a really good way to get into that as well. Um, I think that it's, so it's really interesting because obviously the wedding industry has been through a lot in the past, you know, year. Um, but I think that intimate weddings have really taken off. Like people are doing really small weddings and people often will still want to spend the money on certain types of details, not everything, but certain types of details 
to make that wedding day special. And a lot of times they're like, if you were planning on having a wedding with, you know, a hundred or more people and you're planning on spending a set amount and now you are going to, you've decided, well, I'm going to have it with four people. Right. And so you still have like some money to invest. And so these people still want to make their day special, um, but aren't necessarily going to be spending it on food and beverage, uh, which is where a lot of your money goes to when you're having a wedding. Um, so if you have things that would benefit an intimate wedding, this is a great time to like market specifically to those people. And you have to think like a bride going in is kind of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, it's such a big change. Like I was planning out to look this way and now it's going to look this way. If you let them know, well, well, I specialize in intimate weddings. So like, I definitely can, you know, do X, Y, and Z exactly how you want it because I know intimate weddings. So if you kind of like say like, you know, if you kind of like focus on that, that can be a really good thing to do right now. And I think a lot of people aren't thinking about that. And you know, the other reason why is obviously because a lot of people have set up their businesses in a way that, um, you know, they're relying on ongoing money from large weddings. But yeah, if you're not relying on that, if you're doing something different, I think it's a great time to get into intimate weddings because they're also so much, it's like easier to do as a side business. Cause I've obviously photographed like a lot of weddings where it's a full wedding party and a full, you know, hundred people and whatever. And then I've done like a lot of intimate weddings as well, actually, especially at Disney, the intimate weddings are so much easier. Like you're just not spending the same amount of time um, before and after that you would on a wedding. And so that's what makes it a lot easier of a side business because it's not going to be the same amount of prep and, and work even. Um, and so yes, oftentimes you will get paid less, but I, I found that people are still quite willing to invest to make sure that they get a good product because at the end of the day, like they still want their pictures to be great or whatever it is, the thing that you do. Um, so yeah, if there's something that you do that could benefit weddings, even like you were saying before, like with floral arrangements and things like that, like people are not going to necessarily like, they're going to still want their bouquet to be beautiful, you know? So they might not be getting, um, you know, bouquets for their bridesmaids and things, things like that. But if you say like, Hey, like I can knock a regular bridal bouquet out of the park and then you have, you know, five intimate weddings in one weekend, then you're still going to be making some pretty good money. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I'm not a big wedding person, but I think all of this can be applied to literally any event, you know, milestone birthdays are big. Like last year was my 30th and I'm still like holding on to the thought that I'm just going to celebrate it whenever I can go back outside. Yeah, uh, so, since he had a milestone, yeah, well, you know, milestone forty, which won't yeah. be now. Which I thought I was like, man, for his forty first, I'm gonna go all out, blah, blah blah. And I'm like, just kidding, that's right around the corner, and we're still stuck inside. So yeah, so um, birthdays, uh, baby showers, lots of people are pregnant. All of them are pregnant. Bridal showers, like yeah, the virtual graduation. Yeah, uh, a lot of my friends have gone back to school for their masters, their doctorates, and they're graduating. So I think about also those people, because a lot of people don't, you know, hone in on that specific market. A lot of people are kind of big on like high school and college, which, you know, your bachelor's, mm-hmm. which are big deals. But I think the masters, you know, we're so used to, we, we want to celebrate too. So I think you need to look into maybe some old, and they have the money to spend. So honestly, yeah, I say, now more people. than ever, I feel like people are trying to make like events that are intimate and at home like make Mm. them more special very fancy yeah Yeah. um, i've seen some people hire chefs to come in and cook you know obviously to be tested wear a mask etc for 
birthdays or you know that are big deal anniversaries obviously people have anniversaries all year round um a lot of people are celebrating sobriety through quarantine and that's a good way to start selling mocktail recipes or being like kind of a, a mocktail bartender you know what i mean come in and make some fun drinks for people who are no longer involving themselves with alcohol because it's a mess out there in the streets so there are so many different health and wellness ideas, uh, you know, yoga parties, maybe for people to get back into sitting down with somebody and helping them schedule their new workout schedule for the year, how they can work out at home safely, what are things that they may be interested in. Virtually you can do like, you know, calls. There's just, there's, it's limitless. It's a limitless amount of ideas. If you have an idea that we can talk about, obviously you can just message us, send us a message, tweet us, tag us. Let us know about your side hustles. But I mean, honestly, if you have a, a like a skill, like message me, I'll come up with something. <laughs> like, I got time. This is my new my new business is giving you unnecessary business ideas that you didn't ask for. I'm like, how can you monetize your ideas? Just because we, first of all, I think um, you know, th- that news about the 140,000 or I think 160,000 jobs that were lost last month were a hundred percent women is egregious and I've talked about this last year and I still am continuing to I want women back in the workplace I don't care if it's not the the workplace workplace but their own workplace women need to be making money and I will not the 2021 would make it happen I will not sit down and let women go without money because they are pressured into quitting or being fired or being let go for silly reasons ridiculous reasons even women who don't have because a lot of it's like oh about who's gonna take your kids Several people I know who are like, oh, do not have children. They don't have kids. They don't have kids. They don't have kids. A lot of people got let go last month. And I think it's ridiculous. There is something that needs to change. And we, I, this podcast stands. We have a hundred and something episodes, 154 episodes. Go back and listen to it if you're ready to start your own thing or if you're just starting out beside us. Well, this is the episode for you. Yeah. And I, again, I think that, like you said, it's just like, be creative. Think outside the box. There's so many opportunities right now still. I know that it like can seem really bleak out there and sometimes it doesn't seem like there are, but hopefully like you've heard something that's inspired you today. Um, and again, if not, like reach out to us, like we'll, we'll find you something. Um, and if you have a good idea, if you've done a successful uh, side hustle this year, or you've had one, maybe always, um, let us know about it. We'd love to support it. We'd love to share it with the rest of our listeners. Um, because one thing that we've really found found over the years is like when you see someone else do something, it kind of gives you that blueprint and then you're inspired to do it yourself, right? So definitely reach out and let us know if you've had a successful side hustle because there are people that do the same side hustle for years and they'll do like multiple side hustles because they just prefer to not have that one big thing or they'll have a regular job like a nine to five and they'll do a side hustle forever and always because they just they're like I love it but I don't want to like only do that or like make it the the one thing or maybe it's for insurance reasons like there's a lot of different reasons why Um, but yeah side hustles can be such a great tool in either you know curing boredom and helping bring in extra money um, in bringing passion back to your life. There's just a million reasons to start one. They're all could be super personal. Um, but yeah, I, I swear by them <laughs> and I love them. And sometimes they turn to your main hustle. Sometimes they don't, um, but they're, they're great either way. So I hope that if you're in the market for one this year, you find the perfect one for you. 
Yeah, um, and if you see me out here cleaning carpets or doing some random house stuff, <laughs> mind your business, this is what I realized that people need to do in their houses. So if you see me come up with some random side business, just say, hey, I know that girl from that podcast and she must have lost her mind and that I absolutely have. Um, so <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> just if I take a year and I'm starting to do like manual labor for a year, I just know it's because I, I moved. And I, I never came back. <laughs> I guarantee that people who um, have children in their homes are probably like, yeah, I could use help with the home situation. Whether it's like I will, I will literally or... cleaning carpets. First of all, is manual labor, but also nobody can talk to you because the machine is so loud. So actually, I'm into it. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> I was like, wait, we're going to be, <laughs> this is actually, this might be a new hustle question mark. Loud. Oh, I like this. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I pick all the things that are like super quiet also so that no one can talk, but like, just so it's like just pin, pin drop silence, you know? A mess. Well, anyway, thank you guys for listening for this past six years. We're going to make it through this year as well. We're always around. We're not given up and and really we're here to support you if you have any uh you know we got a lot of submissions for guests we got to go through those over yeah. the holiday we will be having amazing guests this year i promise and that's just gonna be us um but yeah i think that's all we got to offer just stay safe please wear your mask please wash your hands please don't talk to people necessarily without a mask on outside uh you don't get a chance to get vaccinated do so don't become a traitor to your country. You know, there's just so many yeah, minor you know. things we ask you to do, but most of all, just be safe. Yes, please be safe. And hopefully, you know, this year we get it together and uh, as a country and the world, um, and maybe we'll be visiting people in person soon and, and kind of doing what we talked about last year and being able to record in some fun destinations, especially now that I'm up here, it'd be great to have you come up here. We could do an episode here, do an episode in Philly, do one in New York. So I keep writing down all the friends that I have that are in DC. I keep I forgetting love... all the people, and I have oh, so many. People. I have no friends, so, so many yeah. friends and if up you live there. And in the DMV, and you would like to be my friend, I don't have any friends. I have two friends here, so yes, and two friends and two cousins. But I would definitely like more because that's not really a lot. Um, so I'm used to having a lot of friends. So yes, it is, uh, it is stressful, but yes, I would love to record up here. I'd love to record in New York. So hopefully we can make that happen. It'd be great if it happened in the fall anyways, because that'd be the most beautiful time. So let's, let's try to speak that into existence this year. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.